Thank you for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And we're really excited about this episode. I feel like I say that every episode. You do. You're always excited, I'm always excited about excited. every episode. I know. But this one is actually, I think, something different. And we have never done something like this. But before we give away all the goods, yes. before we tell you what we're going to do, we kind of want to talk a little bit about what's coming for Draw Near and what we're going to be um, doing this summer. Because if you remember last year we're like summer is madness and then we were gone for two months um and didn't put out a new episode we don't want to do that again because we'd miss you and was, hopefully you'd miss us <laughs> if, if our goal last summer was how to destroy your podcast no. and bust your algorithm then we we nailed it kara we nailed it, it. <laughs> well if it, all is fair we were we we're in person with people doing ministry right. yes, so yes. yeah it was a very busy summer with project timothy and yeah other things we're doing so yeah so we don't want to do that again we want to still be here building that community and sharing the gospel message with all of you so we want to share a little bit about what we're going to be doing this summer fred do you want to share that yes uh one thing you can expect uh, to just to keep up things and keep providing you new content and helping you draw near to the lord you will see more shorties mm-hmm. popping up i like how i say shorty Always with a little bit of hesitation, like I'm I don't looking, like it. <laughs> I'm looking for your approval. Like, are we still calling it? Oh, we're still calling it. Shorties. We're still calling it shorty. <laughs> yes. Rob Heller, that one was for yeah, you. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can. So on my part, uh, I'll, I'll be doing a series on the Our Father. Really, it's it'll be each one will be one line from the Our Father. So one will be Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Mm-hmm. One will be forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, so on. So each petition of it. Mm-hmm. Each petition. So that'll probably be seven, seven shorties, if you will. And probably, I'm guessing, about five to ten minutes each. And mm-hmm. um, I want to do something, a life lessons with St. Philip Neri. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to do that around his feast day, which is actually coming up pretty soon. It's toward the end of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had actually done preparation, I could actually tell you what date that is. But <laughs> it will be around that time. It's close to Pentecost always, which is appropriate since the Holy Spirit uh, was a big part of his life and ministry. Uh, I want to do a life lessons from Maximilian Colby as mm-hmm. well. So I'll be doing that. And Kara's been wanting me to do something, how to pray spontaneously. Yeah. I think a lot of Catholics, to be honest with you, I think a lot of Christians struggle with that in general. But how do we just pray on the spot? Someone says, hey, will you pray for me? Rather than just saying, yeah, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. How could you pray for them in the moment? Mm-hmm. And and how do we pray? So how do we talk to the Lord spontaneously? And so, yeah, that's kind of what I had in mind. Kara, how about you? They're going to be hearing a lot from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so well, we're, I hope they like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are going to you're going to love Fred by the end of the summer. Um, he gives uh, a talk on the Our Father regularly and it leaves people like praying the Our Father differently. So I think it you'll be really excited with that series, even if they're um, just shorter shorties, honestly. So if that's something that interests you, maybe even think about getting a group together for the summer and starting to pray the Our Father differently and go mm-hmm. through that together. Um, I am expecting a baby at the end of August, so we're going to try and prepare in the summer for the time that I am gone for that. So you might not hear from me, but we're still working behind right. the scenes yes. and trying to get stuff ready for you to to stay with you that time. Always. Yes. Yeah. The first time I gave that our father talk, Kara, uh, someone texted me or emailed me the next day. I can't remember which. And they said it took them 20 minutes to pray the our father mm-hmm. after that talk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I was excited about that. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, now. better be really good. Yeah, better be really good. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So you're stuck with me all summer, even if it isn't. So 
we'll still do episodes as we're able to, of course. Right. So, yeah. So it'll be good. All right. Um, we're going to get into today's topic. So we've never done this before, as I said, but we are actually going to do a review of a movie. I know who's the who's the priest who does this all the time? Uh, well, Bishop Barron does Thank it all you. the time. Thank you. That's Bishop yeah. Barron, not mm-hmm. a priest. Yeah, well, he yeah. is a priest, I guess. Yeah. Bishop Barron, he always does reviews of movies. But I feel like this one is a hot hot topic kind of in the Catholic circles right now. So it's Father Stew. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard of it, I actually just recently gave a, a, gave a talk like two nights ago. No, it was last night. Mm-hmm. And I referenced the movie and only a handful of people who had seen it. So if you haven't heard about it, it's uh, it's a movie that is in theaters now with Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson, a few of the other people. Um, and it is Catholic in nature. So we're going to kind of talk about what our thoughts were on the movie um, both good and bad, and um, we're supposed to have bad things. You don't have to have bad things, but I mean, they I might totally just spoiled everything by saying that. <laughs> yeah, <from> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you know our friend stands on the movie. <laughs> um, but I will say, just kind of a few caveats before getting into that. There are probably going to be spoilers. I think it's really hard to talk about the movie without giving away certain things mm-hmm. in the movie. So if you don't like spoilers, come back and listen to this after you've seen the movie. If you don't intend to see the movie or you don't care about spoilers, then we'll have some fun. Keep listening. And then the second warning is we might get a little bit feisty. We tend to avoid controversial topics mm-hmm. in all honesty. Maybe that'll come later by the grace of God if we <laughs> if we get to that point. But I like feisty Kara. Well, you haven't seen Feisty Fred and he told me I might get feisty in this yeah. episode. So Yeah, you have. So Yeah, you guys have seen Feisty Kara. Um, so just kind of a warning there that that we might get a little bit controversial or feisty or, you know, call out the church or something. So just be aware that that might happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I imagine that many of our opinions on the movie are kind of kind of come out as we keep going in this conversation. But Fred, I just want to start with like a very simple question. Um, overarching mm-hmm. yay or nay. Yay or nay on the film? Like, what oh, were your so just, just very gotta, general thoughts? Just very general. Very general thoughts. I think it's the most Catholic movie made since The Passion of the Christ. Hmm. And it's with Mel Gibson. It is. Oh, very. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he helped. Mark Wahlberg funded most of the yeah. movie, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Mel Gibson, I'm sure, produced helped in some way. But um, for all the things we're about to talk about, you'll see what I mean by that. I thought it was a beautiful movie. Yes, there is strong language in it. There is very strong language in it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some adult themes in it, particularly in the first half of the movie, which is very appropriate for the story and for Father Stu himself. But I thought it was a beautiful movie. I thought, yeah, I'll I'll explain more why it's a good movie. And I would, I stand by that, the most Catholic movie made since The Passion, Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of at least a, a Hollywood production, so... How about you? Um, I really liked the movie. I actually told you to go see it. You did. Because me and BJ got to go see it for BJ's birthday. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Fred, you and Crystal need to go see this movie. Um, I really liked the movie. I think if you enter into it thinking like this is going to be, you know, a pure flicks, cheesy Christian movie, you're going to have opinions about it because you're right. There are like, I think the reason I like it is because it's so real. It's like, okay, nobody pre-conversion talks like those cheesy Christian movies. Oh, fiddlesticks. Yeah, right, yeah, right. No, they don't say that. Right, so yeah, there's language. Yeah, there, yeah, there's like sexual things or intimate things. But 
I think that makes it that makes it all the more real when that conversion happens. And it's I think it's really cool because obviously the sinful side goes away, but like his personality still remains even when he's, you know, yeah. in a seminary and studying mm-hmm. to be a priest. I really like that. Mm-hmm. That it's not like he just immediately was just this like completely different no, character. He, he stays real. Yeah. He stays authentic to who he is. He stays human. Yeah. And that is one thing I love about the film is it feels very relatable. Mm-hmm. It feels very grounded. It feels very human. Like you said, like if we look at what most Christian films are like, by most I would probably say 99%, they typically tend to be so sanitized right. that for the audience they're actually claiming to be for, they can't relate to it. Right. It doesn't seem incarnational, meaning like the gospel message itself isn't actually coming down into a messy, fallen world in need of redemption. It's not speaking into the human mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. yeah. That's the opposite of what the gospel message is. It, even if you look at scripture, scripture is not a sanitized book. It's not a uh, rated PG. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the full film on Pure Flix or anything. I'm right. not bashing Pure Flix or anything like that. I'm just, or other Christian movies. Like yeah, they have their yeah, place in a they, message. They do have their place. Uh, the problem is, and I think a lot of the criticism of this movie, and I might rub people the wrong way with saying this, I think some people are going into a faith-based film wanting it to preach the choir. Hmm. Explain. Meaning, I think sometimes we find ourselves, we're so far m- removed from what the world is like and the need of conversion in the world that we forget just how fallen it is. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie does a good job of portraying that. So they want it to preach to the choir of people who have already, like are already converted. Is that what you mean? In a way, like, like Jacob, the seminarian in the movie, right? Prim and proper without the ugliness of sin. Sure. The gospel message in theory is there, but it is it. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus, it, I mean, the manger demonstrates Jesus comes into the ugliest of situations, the most mm-hmm. unhospitable um, situations and makes himself present and his grace transforms. And you see that in the movie with Mark Wahlberg playing Father Stu, of course. Yes, he, every other word at times <laughs> can feel <laughs> like an F word, but post-conversion, you don't find that. Unless you, you're you're with his family, right? Unless you're with his family, but you do. Fu- but that's true. Mm-hmm. That's real, mm-hmm. and you see in that movie that that conversion has actually taken place, and it, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He still maintains the same sense of humor he had. Yeah, I thought that was cool. So kind of on in the same, in the same vein as like, okay, people go into it expecting it to preach to the choir. What do you think is its effectiveness of evangelization? To people outside the choir, meaning like maybe those people who are outside of conversion, outside of the Catholic Church. Mm. Well, that's exactly what, I, what I'm getting at. Like if you listen to Mark Wahlberg talk. About it, the movie or what? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, not Mark Wahlberg as the character follows too, but talking about producing the movie. It's meant to be sharing the faith, giving hope and uh, mercy and redemption to people that don't already know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think it does that. Mm-hmm. Like... I think so many people can relate to the characters in the movie. Mm -hmm. And again, I I mentioned, I use that word incarnation, being incarnational, not preaching to the choir. I think that's what the movie does really well. You see God's grace and mercy come where we are. 
in the ugliness of sin and brokenness. One scene actually that comes to mind that does this well is Jesus in a bar. Mm-hmm. And you let you don't. I didn't know that was supposed to be Jesus. Yeah. I thought it was just maybe like somebody coming and speaking. Like maybe someone has the charisma of prophecy and they just show up and right. say what he wants said right. or something. I don't know. And you're suspicious that it might be him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he speaks in a gruff sort of way. He doesn't use foul language, but he's speaking directly into Stu's situation. You know uh, about n- needing to give up the fight mm-hmm. and. Um, really just finding his purpose mm-hmm. and he even warns him like don't go do don't what drive. you're about mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. and uh but that's the reality like jesus comes into our mess into our brokenness and speaks in a way that we can understand and you see that happen with father stew in the movie you see that throughout those characters are relatable those characters are real and that's one thing i really stands out to me as being particularly good about the movie the characters are all likable in their own way. Mm-hmm. Even when they say things that you m- may make you, as a, as a Catholic, as a Christian, may make you sick to your stomach inside, it does a good w- job of presenting that character as someone that's still likable, that mm-hmm. there's still hope for, that that person isn't beyond the reach of God. Mm-hmm. And you see that with um, his dad, Bill, in particular, which is Mel Gibson's character. Like, he seems like, oh, man, this guy is a complete loser, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so far from God. And yet, that is one of the greatest parts of the movie when, at the end, you see... Don't spoil it. (laughs) Wait, I thought we said we were were going to have spoilers in this. No, go for it. Yeah, but seeing... Yeah, if you're still listening and you don't want spoilers, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But seeing the transformation in Bill, his father... That was one of the most powerful mm-hmm. scenes in the movie. And that was true. Mm-hmm. Like both of his parents who were very much against anything to do with God for their own hurts and wounds uh, with losing a child, they were baptized. Mm-hmm. Stu was there when he, they were baptized. And that was, he brought them back to the faith, which I don't even think they had faith before that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So yes, it does what it's supposed to do, I think. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I've been trying to process this question. I haven't yet come to a conclusion on what I think. I think there are evangelistic things in the movie that Father Stu does. Like, I really love when he goes to the jail and he's evangelizing people who are in prison and he's trying to help out the, like, stuffy seminarian. By the way, that's an example of what I mean by preaching to the choir. Like, they they want... uh I think sometimes we as Christians, we want a movie that presents a very sanitized faith. And that's what that seminarian attempts to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Stu has to reorient yeah. it back to real life, right. grounded in real life. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Karen. No, that's fine. I mean, he basically says, like, this is a spoiler too, but he basically says, like, and he gets the, the people in prison to admit, like, nobody cares about you. You are in prison. But God does, and he's going to come to you. Mm. Like, how many phone calls do you get a day who actually picks up? Right. You can talk to God at any point. And then he turns it back to the seminarian because they're, like, making fun of him at the beginning, and then mm. and then he takes over. So I think that was one area where, where he was very good at evangelizing. And like you said, with his dad, I was trying to figure out, like, because I was, I was reading some reviews after I went to the movie and had come to my own conclusions about if, you know, what I thought about the movie. I was reading some opinions about... um this very thing like 
who is it really meant for and who is it going to reach? And I guess like one of the, one of the people's comments was, yeah, but if you have people who don't know anything about Catholic context and they come in and they, like they even said, somebody asked, what's the deal with the beads? Cause there are a lot of scenes that have a rosary mm-hmm. or like BJ and I were laughing at the scene where he first comes into to mass and he's like, bad talking this old mm. grandpa who's sitting next <laughs> right. to him and like we're laughing but somebody else who maybe you're being a little hard on yourself aren't you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but somebody else who who comes in who maybe doesn't have experience with mass or doesn't mm-hmm. know like how you act in a liturgy would they find that funny right. does that make sense so so i think <clears throat> the elements of the movie that he is evangelizing are very beautiful and successful I'm still trying to decide if I think the movie itself is as evangelistic to the audience that they might intend it to evangelize because someone might come in and and not necessarily understand the Catholic jargon or the liturgical norms or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like the scenes with, with Mary where he's so devoted to Mary might throw off somebody who is de- uh, non-denomination and they're not Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. And yet it at makes questions be asked. It do, I mean, we're coming into it, though, from a Catholic view. Right. No, I know. And so for us, it's like absolutely gorgeous. And like I'm sobbing the entire time. But to somebody else who might not understand that, like, why is he laying under a Marian statue? Is he worshiping this Marian? That's one of the best parts oh, of the it's, movie, Oh, it's the gorgeous. Yeah. And, and it's like, is he worshiping this Marian statue? And people mm-hmm. who don't necessarily have that Catholic understanding behind watching the movie and placing mm. it in that context could they potentially struggle so that's still what i'm kind of wrestling with if it's like right. accomplishing that evangelistic nature in mm. theaters yeah no i get that i just tend to think that any any time it provokes questions yeah i think it's a good thing um and there are those beautiful moments of it teaching the faith explicitly teaching the catholic faith like how it handles confession, mm-hmm. I think is actually pretty good. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of the best scenes. Uh, what does he say, Kara? Well, they're talking about confession, and he and Father Stu basically says like, because he's talking about going into it with perfect contrition, not going into confession like the priest is saying. That's right. It's not the priest; it's the RCA coordinator. Gotcha. And he's teaching on, you know, when you go into confession, you're not you're not going because you're supposed to. You're not going because you're expecting something back. You're going because you're supposed to have perfect perfect contrition and God is going to give you this gift of grace. And Father Stu basically says like, well, he's not a a priest yet, but he basically says like, you're trying to undo everything I grew up with. Like I, I made my bed because I was going to get an allowance. I cleaned my room because I was going to, you know, be able to go hang out with my friend. Like you do things growing up to get a reward. Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of pointing out like how that's so different Right. And you have to almost shift your mentality. Yeah, you're trying to rewire a whole lifetime of learning. That's mm-hmm. what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, so I think things like that were particularly good. I get what you're saying. I think for me personally, it was a movie I needed mm-hmm. when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Because I find, and I think if we're honest in terms of our own conversion and our own journey with the Lord, we all have those rough spots Yeah. still. No matter how far along we are in our journey, there's still those rough spots in there that need to be worked out, mm-hmm. where God's love and mercy needs to come, where the Blessed Mother, just like in the movie, needs to come and pick us back up mm-hmm. uh, and remind us uh, that we won't die. Yeah, you know that we're not too far from the Lord. 
even like uh, the common criticism really does come down to the profanity Mm -hmm. and it is strong and it was intentional that's why it's rated r right warning Um, (laughs) it's rated r funny enough i read in an article that uh, mark Wahlberg cut 74 no way f-bombs from the script (laughs) as it was but i think so one of father Stu's friends commented on this her name was margaret zink and maybe we could put it the link in the show notes if they want to read it themselves she says the profanity was not superfluous it is a true part of who father Stu had been before his conversion he actually had a swear jar in his nursing home home room for his visitors to contribute to when they swore as he did not swear after his conversion you see that in the movie there's one exception to that uh when he gets his diagnosis there's Mm -hmm. a little funny scene Mm -hmm. um about sugar coating the diagnosis i won't ruin it because it's hilarious anyways um she goes on to say do not be afraid of other people's words the language is not a reason to not see this beautiful movie. Life can be and is gritty. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. And I don't. That, again, that just stands out to me that mm-hmm. it's it's real. It's a real life. And I think sometimes as Christians, we do have to separate ourselves from the world. True, we have to be in the world but not of it. But at the same time, we can't forget what the world is like. Because we have to be able to speak into it. Well, and we're coming from the world. Like, exactly. We're in the world, but not of it. But we right. came from the world, so right. we're going to have the grit. But I found myself being a little bit inspired by this whole idea because like, Mark Wahlberg had the language in there because he wanted to demonstrate the how radical his conversion was. That's why it's in the first half, not so much in the second half, with the one exception of the people in his life like his family. But I, I, you know, I was thinking back in my own conversion, my initial conversion to the Protestant faith, and we were part of a church. It's called Wesleyan Holiness, where there was a there was a lot of emphasis on what you did, rather than a condition of your heart. It was your actions that spoke to your holiness. So you did not cuss. You mm-hmm. just never did that. And so as a Protestant, like I never cussed. Mm-hmm. We had a swear jar just like Father Stu, and you know, and I found that when I became Catholic, that changed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of let that go. But I found myself a little inspired by Father Stu, mm-hmm. like his swear jar. Maybe I shouldn't talk that way. Right. You know, and so I found a l- little places in my own heart, as simple as something in, in controlling my language, where I need some grace. I need conversion mm-hmm. there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, like seeing the movie was kind of redeeming the doing of your past right. faith and like pulling it in with your heart now if i could do that then why can't i do it now and okay. for better reason mm-hmm. for love purely for love of the lord and i'd even say for love of the blessed mother mm-hmm. you know yeah moms don't like when their children say bad words do they <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> fred you texted me right after you got out of the movie and you said uh I needed to go to that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you referenced it already. Do you care sharing? Like, why did you need to go to that movie? Uh, obviously, generally, because I know that, like, you don't have to. What better place than a podcast to just divulge all of the yeah. interior secrets? Let me <laughs> tell you all my deepest, darkest yes. secrets. <laughs> yes. All the things God does in our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, we, I recommended it. And then you went a, a week later and immediately texted after and was like, I need to go see that movie. So what exactly did you walk away with being like, I needed that? Honestly, I think it would come down to one scene in the movie, and it was the motorcycle accident. It comes out to two scenes, really, but when Father Stu has his accident, 
Mother Mary comes to him. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such a beautiful, moving scene. Mm-hmm. And she picks him up and she cradles him and she comforts him, says, you will not die. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. He said, uh, he says, he says, say something to your son for me. Because he's realizing the connection between, oh, the guy at the bar was Jesus and this is his mom. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's just such a beautiful, tender scene. And then you see it again later when Father Stu is, you know, he, his condition has gotten so much worse, he can hardly stand. And he's told that he won't be ordained because of it. And he spends the night in the church, and he's laying under a statue of the Blessed Mother. I think Mother. it was longer than the night. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. And he has, it's one where she has her hand stretched out to him. And it's just such a beautiful scene. He looks up and says, she's going to have to help me up. Mm-hmm. And it was just so beautiful because I've been going through a time in my life where recently where I kind of feel that way. Like I'm Stu, injured, battered, laying on the ground. And Mother Mary's is coming and saying, let me be your mother. Mm-hmm. And I think when I say this movie is the most Catholic movie made since The Passion of the Christ, I think that's what I'm getting at. Like this movie really understands, even though it was written by a non-Catholic, which I think is... It's boggling, mm-hmm. you know. It really understands Mary's role mm-hmm. in our salvation mm-hmm. and how that works in her role in leading others to Christ and leading others into a relationship with her son. You see that so beautifully in this movie. I think it comes out from Mark, too, because he talks about how Mary has just been leading him more and more in, in his own faith. So I think that comes out. For sure. Did yeah. you see that in any of the interviews you watched with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he talked about how the the film was a struggle to make. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a, you know, his own father stew sort of <laughs> suffering. Yeah. I mean, he had to pay for it himself. Right. I mean, Mark Wahlberg, he's leading people and praying the rosary. Right. And so I, I don't know. I think that's one of the criticisms of the movie that really bothers me. People keep pointing to criticizing Mark Wahlberg for past movies he's been in. Mm-hmm. Have they been some movies that I could care less to watch yeah mm-hmm. yeah if i'm honest they're not the kind of movies that i would l- watch but i think father stew is a story of mercy and redemption mm-hmm. but so is the mark Wahlberg story mm-hmm. and god's still writing that story and i think we have to be open to that and not be so quick i mean he said faith-based content wants to be his focus moving forward that's awesome give him that yeah and thank God for this beautiful movie. Yeah. I really struggled with that, if I'm honest. Um, this is where I guess we haven't even gotten feisty. So where's that at? We promised you guys feistiness. Um, I really struggled with that. This was even before I went and saw the movie. Because um, there was somebody who put out an interview with him. And, and it was fellow Catholics who were commenting on this video. And now I'm going to be very honest. It wasn't all of the comments were like this. But there were enough that were just so cruel and so shocking to me that it was like, you know, Mark's past movies are trash and like, why would you go see this movie? And just like bashing him as a person, nothing about the movie, but him as a person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't comment. I think I've said this before. I don't usually comment on Facebook things anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really struggle with that walking away because I was like, why are we putting so many expectations on him and his past life 
as if he's not worthy of redemption. Right. And this was before even seeing the movie. And then there's this, there's this, um, line in the movie and I'm going to misquote it. I'm sure so this is just paraphrasing, but he basically goes to the vicar who wasn't going to let him into the seminary. And he's like, if we're not a church of mercy, then what are we? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just like, that is the biggest thing I walked away with from this movie was that one line. If mm-hmm. we are not a church of mercy, then what are we? And I just had to keep, like, I kept asking myself, are we a church of mercy? Like even myself, am I a merciful person? Mm-hmm. I think every Every person struggles with this. If you don't struggle with it, you're going to heaven. Pray for me when you get there because mm-hmm. I suck at this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we are a church of mercy, which is so, dare I say, shameful mm-hmm. because God is, that's all he is. Like mm-hmm. he is mercy. So I really struggled with that. Just like, you're right. Like the Mark Wahlberg story and Father Stu, they're both stories of redemption. But like, wh- who are we to count them out? Like as if they are not, able to be converted or they're not worthy of that redemption and that mercy and god is still using fathers too to save souls right and what can you do with mark Wahlberg if we will just allow him that i would i would hate to be under that much scrutiny Mm -hmm. like from my own brothers and sisters in the church like feisty here i'm sorry (laughs) just got the feisty look oh man this is why we need a camera (laughs) (laughs) I really do struggle with that because truly, I think you're the one who said it, Fred, that one of your former pastors or one of your former professors said, we do to the body of Christ what even the Roman soldiers would not do to Jesus's garment. We tear each other apart. Yes, we do. So from the outside looking in, how are we evangelizing people when they go onto Facebook and they see that we are tearing down a fellow brother in Christ? Right. Or that we are not extending God's mercy and forgiveness to someone who clearly is trying. Right. So I really struggle with that. And like, I, I thank the good Lord that I am not under that much scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that never happens because I am a sinner. I mess up all the time. And I don't want people to like, look at that and be like, you're a terrible person. Cause guess what? Feisty Kara. So are you. We all are. <laughs> yeah. yeah we true. all are. Yeah. We yeah. are all sinners. She was looking at me when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but yeah, you're terrible too, Fred. We are all sinners. But that is where God's grace comes in, and that is where he is merciful. So why can we not extend that same hands, hand of mercy to yeah, each other right. and build each other up? Amen. Amen. That was good. Man. All right. I need to take a deep breath. I like Feisty Kara. <laughs> Man. Yeah, we need more Feisty Kara on the show, I feel like. That, um, sorry. That was my biggest takeaway. So I, I felt like, yeah. That's so good. You're right. That. Like I, Even just one comment I saw, uh, a priest shared it, a priest that we both know from mm-hmm. Steubenville. And the, the one comment, the biggest hypocrite ever. Yeah. And it's like, uh, first of all, 10 points for being so articulate. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, no, Extend I think... Extend mercy, Fred, on that person. <laughs> yeah, no, see? You did say I'm a terrible person, so... Um, but no, I think that comment might actually make you. Right. Either I'm the sum of my weakness and failures, or I'm not. Mm-hmm. Which one is what God actually says? Right. I'm the sum of his love for me. And I think in this movie, even in making it, this we're watching Mark Wahlberg experience the love of God for him, and he's wanting to share that with others. And I, I remember in one of the interviews I saw, he said he felt like the Blessed Mother wanted this movie to be made for this time. Oh. And again, I go back to that scene, if for no other reason than that, such a beautiful movie. Yeah. 
Um, well, in, in scripture, Jesus says, don't look at the speck in your neighbor's eye until you have removed the log in your own. Right. He would not have said that if this wasn't a problem in every single person's heart. Mm-hmm. We all do this. We all look at our neighbor and think of their faults before we look at our own. So even if that's just like a minor takeaway from the movie or listening to our review of the movie, to be able to just humble ourselves, even for just a moment, and and say, you know, I'm not that great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of things I, I need to work on. Yeah. Think of that. The difference between a speck and a log. Like, we all have a log in our eye. And I think Jacob, the stuffy seminarian, as you refer to him, mm-hmm. um, which is a good summary of him, but you see that in him. Like, throughout the whole movie, he's unhappy with Stu. He's yeah. complaining about Stu. He's, he's like, you're not meant to be here and, and because of your past. He's trying so hard to be so perfect and sanitized. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you realize it's because he's so unhappy. Yeah, he's struggling. And he's struggling. And he finally gives that up and allows God to work in that. Mm -hmm. And their father, Stu, is. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of us are. You know, we we want to put up the image of perfect. Right. Carrie, you said this beautifully the other day. You had given a talk on suffering. Mm -hmm. And there was something you said about having to offer to the Lord those struggles, those areas where we're, where we're suffering to actually articulate it and get it out there before his grace can come in and work. Yeah. I think if you could share that with our listeners, I think they'd be blessed by it. Well, I basically said, and this wasn't even in the context of a, of the talk. It was actually in discussion afterwards with some people. Um, I basically said it's hard for us to experience suffering and encounter God because usually suffering gives us a hardened heart. Like we experience something so difficult in our life that God must not exist because I had to go through that. And so our heart is closed. But when we take the step, and I think this goes beyond just suffering, when we take the step of actually being able to vocalize and articulate what is going on in our heart, even if, even if you're just like, so upset with God or you're just broken down like rather than complaining about it to other people or explaining how angry you are to other people tell God how angry you are Mm -hmm. tell God how hurt you are because at that point you're taking a very hardened heart that has no room for God and you're giving him a crack and he will Mm -hmm. enter through that crack and I think that's what he did with Father Stu that's what he does through so many of us but that's definitely what he did through Father Stu. Like he experienced so much suffering in his life, mm-hmm. which I actually want to talk about because I think that's one of the lessons we can take from this movie in a lot of different ways. But he he his upbringing was not great. His dad left him. He lost his brother. He got into a car accident. He was borderline alcoholic. And then he had this diagnosis after he comes to know God mm-hmm. and comes into the faith. And like there's just this beautiful heart-wrenching scene. I was sobbing. Mm-hmm. Where he's sitting in the church and he or he's kneeling in the church and he just like lets God have it. Right. And that's why? what I'm saying. Like yeah. like he just he just yells like why, why? Like why would you bring him to this place to study to be to be a priest and then this is happening to him. And then there's a, a moment of nevertheless your will. Right. You know, of just surrender. Yeah. So beautiful. But you have to be able to say that to God. Like you have right. to give him Give him what you're actually feeling. Yeah. Because he wants that. Because right. he can't speak into something that you're not even willing to admit to him. Yeah. Amen. 
suffering, Kara. Yeah, we I have like. to take it because that. So that's the other thing about this movie that mm-hmm. I think is the reason I say it's, it's the, the most Catholic, Catholic movie yeah. Yeah. since The Passion of the Christ. This movie gets the theology of suffering. Yeah, it, it really does. Like without Christ, the suffering seems pointless, mm-hmm. and you can see why Bill and Stu's mom. Uh, whose name's escaping me at the moment, feel the way they do. Why Stu even felt the way he did. Why why he's having a beer with his brother that he lost mm-hmm. at six and throwing and a, punches a, and punches Jesus and says, I don't trust you. Yeah. You understand why he's there. At the same time, I think we've all had moments like that mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Just open up, allow that crack. That's what helps us to see meaning and purpose in our suffering. Yeah. What do you think? There's one line, and I I mentioned um, one of the lines about mercy that I walked away with. The other line that I walked away with that just really hit me was um, his first homily. And his dad was there because he he couldn't really, you know, walk. He couldn't really. And so his dad brought him there. And he's hiding. His dad is hiding in the midst of this, like, gorgeous homily about suffering. Because throughout the whole movie, his mom and his dad both – both are trying to convince him not to do this. Mm-hmm. And they're both saying, like, how can you believe in this when this, this, and this happened in our life? And going back to their own suffering. And he's giving this beautiful homily about suffering. And he says, suffering is the greatest gift from God. It is the most loving thing he could ever do because it's the closest we will ever be to him. Mm-hmm. And I just cried at that part because I think that, like, that is the beauty of redemptive suffering that as, as Catholics, we like, that's how we understand suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so rare to be able to speak beauty and speak meaning into the suffering that we go through. And that's ultimately, at least how the movie portrayed it. That's Mm -hmm. ultimately what led to his dad's conversion was hearing that homily. Like you just see how it broke him Mm -hmm. and you see the tears that come to his eyes hearing that because in his mind, Suffering was a punishment. Suffering was proof that God was not real. Right. But in his son's eyes, who is, he literally had to be helped down on the floor mm. at his ordination. Through his son's eyes, it's how he is the closest to Jesus. Yeah. So I thought that was really beautiful that his homily was the result of really speaking meaning into other people's lives and other people's sufferings because at least the whole movie, like we said, you know, even at the uh, the end half of the movie, like when he goes back with his family, that's where the cussing is. And right. so you kind of just see they've never had faith mm-hmm. and and where they were coming from. And I think, again, that points to that theme of mercy, Brad. Right. No one is beyond God's reach. Exactly. I think that's the big takeaway for, for me was also... I feel like I'm kind of struggling with things right now in some ways, if I'm honest, but walking away from that movie, I felt like everything is within God's reach Mm -hmm. and there's nothing his mercy can't get to. And there's nothing he won't redeem if we don't give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our two cents on the movie father stew. And hopefully we spoke some meaning into some actual immediately spiritually applicable things in your own life to embrace that suffering, to give it to God, to unite it to God so we can be close to him, to be a merciful church. <laughs> right. Amen. Um, and to get yourself a swear jar. So if you are interested, <laughs> uh, go to the theater. It all comes back to the swear <laughs> jar. It all comes back to the swear jar. 
So, um, yeah, Fred and I approve. Um, we'd be very interested to hear what other people think. So either in the comments on social media or in, in the comments when we post this, feel free to share your thoughts if you've seen it or if you um, want to go see it. So enjoy the movie.